Welcome back to oh, the 99th episode of Unemployed with your girl Anna Roisman. I gotta say, today I'm gonna go with I was like hmm, 68% employed, you guys. Employed. That's a huge day for me. Um, you know, after this, it's it's nothing. No, I think I have more to do. But I'm so excited for today's episode. I don't know how employed she is today. I'll ask her when she comes on, but she's always employed, okay? She is a very funny comedian, a host, a Bravo personality. She's also the host of Shaken and Disturbed. You gotta listen if you haven't yet. Uh, we have Darren Karp with us today. Hi. I'm ow, ow, ow. Oh my God. Thanks for I'm, having me, Anna. Really I'm appreciate so it. I'm so excited to have you. I did I'm your podcast and I was like obsessed and I'm like, I need, I'm I need you I'm a back. little upset. Thank you. Oh, no. But I'm a little upset because, you know, you said this was the 99th and I thought that I would at least get the 100th because I'm, I'm that great, but it's cool. I'll stick with 99. No I'll worries. I'll just put it at 100 and be like, surprise. I know. Like, <laughs> the intro. <laughs> and now I sound like such a dick. Like you've edited so I look like such a bitch. Uh, no, thank you for having me. Very excited of uh, my long job title. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to have you. Did you have work today? Were you very employed today or... Yes. Uh, okay. Today you're catching me at the day that my girlfriend, who was very much so employed, mm-hmm. left for the field to go. She's a showrunner of a few Bravo shows and she left for the field for six weeks in Europe. So you're catching me as a very employed person and a very sad girlfriend oh. at the same time you're catching me at those two different places. So I'm employed and sad. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully for the next hour you'll be distracted. I always think when yes. I'm sad I need to distract myself. You know. Yes. I was uh, very happy to have you at the end of my day to lift me up. Aww. So you, Six I'm, weeks, I'm lucky do you get to, to go at all? Are you going to Europe at all? I actually, I've never been to visit her. She's been gone. Let's see. She's been to Australia twice. She's been to Croatia. She's been to Malta. And then this other location, which I can't disclose yet because that season is still filming. So she's been gone five times and I have not seen her yet. But this year... I am 100% going. I already booked my ticket. So I'm going oh. to see her in about a month, thank God. She's oh, usually gone so for good. about six to eight weeks. So, And she's gone twice a year, six to eight weeks. So it's... That's a lot. It's a lot, baby. It's a but lot. But you know what they say. They say distance makes the heart grow stronger. <laughs> I was going to say fonder. Fonder? <laughs> no, like, it is. I think it is fonder. It is fonder. <laughs> and my fonder. brain was like, come on, Anna, do you know the end of this quote? And I, I didn't for a second there. I, I blame COVID. You know, but you are confident in delivering the quote. And you. really, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, that's all that matters. Absolutely. But, uh, um, yeah. Wait, that, that's very cool. I love, you're a powerhouse couple, both in the entertainment oh, biz. It's really, I, I admire it. Um, does it ever like, are you both ever working too much though, where you're just like, it gets to you? Because I'd say I bother my boyfriend every day. Uh <laughs> With what is nonsense. what does your boyfriend do? Can I ask? Is he's he, a is he in TV the similar producer? Yeah. Okay. He's... So when you're in the same field, like I don't know if you feel this way or how often, whatever. But like for some reason in TV, I always feel like I'm fighting for time. Like even when I have a moment, it's like oh, it's going to be broken by a call, or she's got to leave, or I've got to go. It's just I always feel like I'm fighting for yes. time with her, and I think it's just because when you're in media, your schedule is kind of erratic. You know, yeah. like I had to go to record a new investigation discovery podcast this morning for a few hours and then I had this and I had to go to Andy's and then like she had to leave and so it's like even when we're in the same house we have a second bedroom that's a studio sometimes I'll go eight hours without seeing her so it's kind of crazy unfortunately but yeah I do feel like that a lot although I have a really good healthy work-life balance I think for me right now at 34. That's good. 
Yeah. Listen, listen to that. She's got it all together, and she's 34 years old. Yeah. I love it. Well, one day I'm going to have a two-bedroom apartment, and I honestly think my life will be – I think a second bedroom is going to change everything. You know how people are like, we should have kids or we should get yep. – I'm like, nope. Another bedroom? My life will be a fucking new place. Like I felt that way about a dishwasher, mm. laundry in the apartment. Yeah, absolutely. And then be, because I'm a gay woman – when you have especially two women, not that this is excludes heterosexual or any other type of couples, <laughs> but you absolutely need two sinks in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. It's a must. And that's a game changer, let me tell you. You can't be sharing the same sink. Like, it, it, it two women, nah, it ain't happening. I can't. It really changed our relationship, honestly. <laughs> I love it. I've been looking, you know what I'm I'm looking at apartments right now, and I'm like, walk-in closet, two sinks, yep. laundry. Like, you, you need... There are certain things you need as you get older. I think once you hit 30, like, priorities are completely different, right? In your 20s, you're like, well, 100%. What? whatever. I'm, like, so close to everything. Like, I don't need – in your 30s, you're like, I'll drive wherever as long as I have every amenity I need. Uh, you can't, like, go – and I can't, like – I don't feel comfortable unless I have, like, water in my hand and toothpicks. and ch- Like, even if I don't use it, I just need it in my midst. It's kind of funny because before I moved here, I lived by myself for, like, eight years. And I wouldn't even trust, like – uh, laundromat people. I'm just trying to think. Like, cleaners to, you know how you can like send out your laundry and then they send yeah. it back to you folded. I never did that shit because I don't trust anyone with my undergarments or mm-hmm. my clothes. So I, I went to an actual laundromat. Wow. Like in a Friends episode and mm-hmm. I would do my laundry once a week. And then when I moved into this apartment with my girlfriend and we had laundry, I almost cried. I was like, <laughs> Can I just wash a sock to have fun? Like, this is amazing. You know, this is awesome. So I get it. And then once you have it, you never can go back. No way. Yeah. You can't. You, My you can't friend was like peasant. telling me, she's like, you have a great apartment. You could sublet it. And she's like, we don't have a dishwasher. And I'm like, girl, I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm sorry. I <laughs> God I forbid I wash a fork. Yeah. Well, God, God forbid, though. I don't have time. No. Hell no. Not at all. Um, yeah. So I want to talk to you, obviously, about your work, career, everything. So right now, how has your pandemic been? That, that's what <laughs> I want to know. Because a lot of people come on here and they're like, I used to work. Um, things have picked up, though, I feel like, since, you know, pandemic started. But how were your two years of, like, a lot of remote stuff? Yeah, I mean, I will say at first, I mean, especially when we didn't know anything that was going on, I lived in a tiny apartment that was really just, like, a crash pad, you know, I'd have it, but I had it my, with my ex-girlfriend. Um, I'd go to her apartment a lot. So I never really like stayed in my apartment a lot. Mm-hmm. And then reality check on People TV, which I had started in November of 2019, had this big studio, got hair and makeup every day. You mm-hmm. feel fucking important. And then when the pandemic hit, they were like, we're going remote. And I was like beside myself because I had thought that this was like – my moment, my break, you know, and then it just felt kind of diminished a little bit. But I will say they kept the show going during the pandemic and I had a show four days a week and they never stopped me. And so So I, and Andy, obviously I was still working for Andy. Watch what happens live went remote. Then we were back in studio. I could obviously do podcasts remotely. So I was pretty lucky and pretty privileged to kind of keep my outside of like a change in my commuting 
Uh, and, and what I did, I was able to keep all my jobs, which I was very, very thankful for. That's amazing. I just want to tell yeah. the listeners, when when Darren says Andy, she works for one of the most influential people on television, Andy Cohen. Oh. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> of the Sorry. Bravo world. <laughs> She's like, Andy. I'm like, they don't know who Andy is yet. <laughs> oh, my apologies. Yes, I work for uh, Andy Cohen. I've been with him for 11 years. Oh, my God. Since That's I was amazing. 23. Yeah. That's amazing. So when you were 23, you you were a page, right? You did the NBC page program? Co- correct. Way, way to know that. Yeah, I did the NBC page program, did it for eight and a half months, and then got the job to work for Andy. And I was like, never going to be working for him for more than three years. And here I am, 11 years later in my 30s and but working for he's him. He's like, he's like changed the world since yeah. 11 years ago. So that's very Correct. cool that you have gotten that kind of like mentorship and, and yes. connections and you do your own stuff and he still like supports you and your career. That's fucking awesome. Wildly supportive. And I don't really know. It, 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 you know, I know, I know a lot of celebrity assistants just mm-hmm. from my job, and sometimes like I've gotten together with them. I'm like, let's swap war stories, you know, like the assistants know everything. Tell me about this person, and they'll tell me all these horrible, terrible things, these, these like terrible, abusive things, and then they're like, well, what does Andy do to you? And I'm like, he's <laughs> impatient sometimes. Like I don't really know. He's never yelled at me. You know, he, I just got back from music festival in Montreal. And two weeks prior to that, I was on vacation. I was seeing another music festival in Barcelona and Paris. And he was like, he was like, so what are you doing for your summer vacation? And I was like, oh, I, I, I was like, I actually am going to Portugal and Italy. And he was like, oh, great. Like, absolutely. Go away. Like, go do your thing. Like, no boss, no wow. celebrity boss would ever say this to any of their employees. <laughs> no. Let me just tell you that that is very freaking rare and I just feel very lucky hence it being 11 years to work for him but yeah you literally changed the world in a decade I hope you didn't for say sure. that at your at your brunch you know with the other assistants and they're like oh, I had to deliver the worst thing yesterday and you're like he's encouraging me to go to Portugal <laughs> I get I get 50 weeks vacation no I mean obviously I do work but he's you know I remember asking him speaking to your point earlier about how important it is especially in this industry to have a mentor and someone yeah. that you can sort of emulate and trust I remember asking him, I think when I first started working for him, I was like, what's the best piece of career advice you've ever gotten? And he said, always take a vacation. What kind of boss says that? Like, what kind of boss is it? Like, that's an, I just knew that he was just going to be an incredible guy if that's what he's telling me. It wasn't like, put your head down and do the work. That was literally one of my questions. Do you have any advice that Andy ever gave you that like you want to impart on other people? And that's so good. Always take a vacation, people. And I will say, you know, because I am a host and I want to be a host and I specifically want to be a game show host and he's a host, with that, he's always said, be yourself and listen. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. People, I'm sure you know, like a lot of people don't listen. They just kind of want to speak and hear their own selves talk and ask the next question. And they miss a lot in, in context and in conversation if they're not listening. And then, as you also know... Being on stage, being a host, being a podcast host, people can really pick up if you're inauthentic really quickly oh, yeah. and you're not being yourself. And so being yourself is really kind of the, the key piece in all of this. So, yeah. yeah. A lot of people used to ask me, I had a lot of friends audition for HQ and I would tell Ellen, I'd be like, oh, there's like a casting notice out. Like people are auditioning and they'd always ask me and they're like, well, what is your advice? And I'm like, don't be like anybody else. Like they really do want you to give your own show. And that's why people want to see Darren host a show or me host a show. Like we really do bring something different to it. And I think that's like, that's, that's the what they want. That's why we yeah. had Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune for so long, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. That's 100% right. And you can it. always tell, you can always, the audience is always smart. I just always assume anyone who's watching us is going to be smarter than us and can always pick up if you're not being you. Mm-hmm. you can know. I ask you something? Okay. From host to host, and Ellen yeah. can weigh in too. It's sort of, I'm not going to say any names, obviously, but it's sort of bothering me right now seeing all these new competition series and shows come out and all these celebrities who've oh, never yeah. been a host, but they've been an A-list movie star for, a TV star for however many years, are now hosting these game shows and stuff. And I'm like, or hosting a red carpet or something, you know, and you're just, it's so cringe because you're like, that's not their, that's not their skill. Like they're not, their, their image is, I'm like, I don't want to see them like this. I couldn't agree more. I'm like <laughs> bursting, trying, like I almost interrupted you nine times to just like be like, yes. Um, it's also really annoying seeing celebrities do that. I mean, granted, I get it. But at the same time for games specifically, as someone who's literally had so many game show weird things happen, wanted to be a game show since I was seven, not that I deserve to host every game show there ever was just because of my passion, but like, A, does the actor really need it? And B, like that hosting and having a conversation and doing this is a way different skill than reading a script or being a reality TV star or whatever the hell it is. The other thing that really bothers me, and also I think the industry is kind of catching up to that just because the celebrity tends to be a huge line item in budgets, whereas somebody like me might be a little bit cheaper and can bring the same, if not more, energy to it. So I think people are kind of combing through that. The other thing that really bothers me, though, is like, and I, I'm going to get added for this. I know it. But it's like, remember those like Vine stars and like when you're really good at TikTok and you're like have 500 million followers and everything you do, every dance, every diet, every freaking fitness thing you get gets millions of views. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, you can host a show for 30 minutes and a talk show where you're interviewing mm-hmm. someone. And they always bomb yeah. because anyone – that's a skill. I'm not a, I'm not a social media like maven. I do not have a huge, huge, huge following or anything. I'm just me. But I know that like that's not a skill set I'm good at. And just because they are good at that doesn't make them a good interviewer or yeah. host at all. Like it bothers Right. If someone was like, hey, Darren, uh, we love you. Can you just go on and start talking about diets all day long on TikTok? You'd be like – no. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I can't. Hey or like, guys, want to lose weight? <laughs> right. And like 500,000 Instagram followers doesn't equate to you being talented outside of that specific niche. No shade of you being talented at that, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, and I'm sure yeah. for you as like a comedian, it's like just because someone does one funny tweet don't make you a comedian. Doesn't make you right. on the road at stand-up doing a great job. Anyone can be funny on the internet when you can rewrite jokes. Like, go work in a urinal with with four people at 4 a.m. getting paid $8, and then you can call yourself a comedian yeah. to me, you pay know? Your like, dues. Don't tweet. Pay your dues. <laughs> kind of, though. Like, it is kind of a pay your dues because I do yeah. think it makes you just better, especially in this industry. It sounds shitty, but, like... There's yeah. something you learn from paying your dues in that way, I think. Totally. Yeah, I was saying it because I feel like every week, I mean, I watch a lot of reality television and I watch games and I watch, you know, network television. And I'm just like every week I'm like, wow, they're hosting a show now. Okay. Or like, I'm just it's like. It's every day for me, Anna. It's every day. Every day. Like, I know. I know. Darren, our yeah. time is coming. You know what I mean? Like our time, it's, like you said, that line, that line is going to crack at some point. They're going to be like, well, wait. I, 
do think like it's preparation meets opportunity and we're the same age, right? You were like 30s, mid 30s or whatever. We're the mm-hmm. same age. I, I so, identify as 26 on the podcast, <laughs> but just, yeah. you know, keep that here. We'll go with it. We'll <laughs> sure, go with it. You. Ellen's not confirming or denying. Allegedly, <laughs> you might Ellen's be in your like, 30s. She's 44. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ellen's holding up her birth certificate right now and I'm seeing born in 1964. Wow, you look great. Thank uh, you. Botox. Thank you. Every time I have an informational with a college kid who wants to talk to me, either went to my college or at Bravo, you know, they always talk to me about the path. And I said, you know, your 20s are where you figure out what the hell you want to do and who you are and what you want to be. Your 30s are where you establish whatever the hell that was in your 20s. And your 40s are where you make money. And if I look at Andy, if it's any small consolation prize, like even though he was wildly successful in his 30s, I'm not taking anything away. But in Mm -hmm. terms of the fame and the hosting, that didn't really happen until he turned like 40, 41. So... I'm a little bit I'm a little bit calmer knowing that we have a little bit more time. But yeah, yeah I do think about that a lot. Like it's gotta come soon. I don't wanna be sixty-four yeah. and still doing this. You but know? also I wanna say, and like Andy, uh, I feel like you and, and me, you know, we always have ideas. You're always putting, you know, pitching stuff and coming up yeah. with new show ideas and creating and making new podcasts because I feel like Ellen and I, we talk about this with every guest on the podcast. Unless you're putting out your own work, people aren't gonna know who you are. You can't Correct. this isn't nineteen eighty five anymore where you could, you know, be on the corner of the street street looking hot drinking a bottle of water and someone's like you do you want to be in entertainment do you want a model yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah that ain't happening even when i first moved to york remember when people would stand on the street and be like you have beautiful hair would you like to model and you're like what (laughs) the equivalent of that for me would be like walking around the mall and they'd be like do you want to work at abercrombie and fitch and they'd be like oh i'm good looking i'm good looking because if they're asking you to work at a and f and hollister yeah Mwah. That's choice. That's but that basically doesn't... like cover a Vogue when you're a teenager. Yeah, that's hardcore. Or when you're 34, <laughs> Anna. Let's not let's not downplay this, okay? So downplay. I love it. Um, that's really cool, the Andy story. You want to know something? Before I met you, yeah. um, my old bo- – I used to be an assistant as well. Uh, I worked at a venture capital firm, and my old oh. boss was the president of the 92nd Street Y. God bless. Oh. It was a very cool thing. I didn't work for the Y. That was like his side gig. He was a venture capitalist. Okay. Um, that was just like a you know, a title he had uh, yeah. as well. And he, so he let me go to any of the talks at the 92nd Street Y. And I don't know if you were there or working for Andy, Did but when his, when his book came out – the, yep. I forget which, he, he's had two books? How many books has he had? He's had four, actually. Wow, okay. Yeah. You're an I'm asshole. So sorry. That's I'm cool. So That's sorry. cool. Andy, <laughs> I hope you're listening to this because she's an asshole. Andy, will you be my 100th guest? I'll read all four <laughs> books. <laughs> okay, well, it was one of his books and his parents, and Anderson Cooper interviewed him and his parents yep. were there. Were you at this talk? And I was in like I the was. third row and I just was so like... I was so, uh, two things that stuck out for me. I was so obsessed with the fact that he just like, he just kept going until like, he didn't like stop because he wasn't like the host of a show or this or that. Like he had these ideas and he made them happen. And then his time came when he got to be like on television and do his own thing. And I was like, yeah, like it'll come, it'll come back to you when you put out the work. It it always, it has to, I mean. Yeah. My, my therapist always tells me to trust the process when I'm in the middle of having an anxiety attack and that I have to trust the process and (laughs) be curious. 
great. You know, yeah, she, I mean, she, I, I do love her, but you know, it's like, it's like a way to tackle your anxiety, my anxiety, not yours necessarily, but my anxiety is like to stay curious about like what is going to happen next. And yeah. sometimes you'll find in this industry, like you're doing one thing and then three years later, that one thing will pay off to yeah. do that. And speaking of that 92nd Street Y talk, that was Andy's first with Anderson Cooper. That was very early days. Anderson's agent was there and had the idea because the conversation was so good to spark off a tour. And that's how AC2 with Andy and Anderson got started because of that 90 second oh shoot Y talk. So it's just a perfect that's example cool. of it being like Andy and Anderson didn't think of that. And then the agent was like, this is great. We could, we could sell this on yeah. the road. And then it was us three and I'd go out there with the guys and travel on the United, like across the United States, like doing this. And how it was cool. really fun. That's yeah, amazing. Really fun. Oh, I was going to say the second thing I took away is like, you know, they supported each other. They were so chill. They were such good friends. And it felt just like they were each like championing for, championing yeah. for each other. And I was like, I love that. Like, you know, this, then just like they could have been the most competitive, like cutthroat, you know, hosts. And instead it's like, they're so fun together. Like how, you know, like you want to watch them a lot. Uh, yeah. And uh, absolutely. And not to make this an overly gendered thing, but I do have, find that it happens with men a lot more than it happens with women. I find that women are actually like tearing each other down in this industry as opposed yeah. to sporting each other. Cause we view each other as competition <laughs> as opposed to sometimes how men I'm using generalizations here. Of course, this is not every guy. It's not every woman, but I think men are better at like being better for each other to support each other and being happy. Whereas women are like, you're my competition in the room. We both have brunette. We're both in our thirties. We both are funny. We both are pretty. Like you're my competition <laughs> type of thing. Like that's how I think women feel about it. And so, yeah, I, I think Andy and Anderson are like a really good example of maybe what we should all be like. Absolutely. That being said, I support you in everything you do, but not Ellen. Fuck wow. Ellen. I hate Ouch. Ellen. She's the worst. Ouch. I was going to say, uh, I need to go to therapy after this. The amount of times Darren brings up her 30s is like, I'm like having heart. I'm ha I have to take another Tums. <laughs> My girlfriend is away and I went to therapy today. So I'm feeling all the feels, She's got guys. All the feels. The feels. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I hope she listens to this episode and you're like, look at what you did to me. <laughs> the trauma. The okay. trauma. Yeah. I'm vulnerable right now, too. I hit my hand the other night, and I, I started crying in the bathroom, and Jared was like, are you okay? And I was crying because I really smacked my hand, and he didn't come – and I come out, and he's, like, petting the dog, and I was like, I'm not okay. <laughs> and here you are with the fucking dog. Like, look at my hand. You can see my hand is all fucking bruised up. I don't know. Yeah, but what does the dog look like? That's the question. Because if the dog's cute – It's a cute dog, oh, for sure. Wow. So, okay. Okay. You were so like, Andy has four books. I can't believe you don't know who Bobby Flay the dog is. He's the 12-year-old <laughs> toy poodle who is famous on Instagram and is a beautiful animal. So, yeah. Bobby Flay is slays. I get it. He yeah. slays. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. He so screw best. your hand. Like, I'm not blaming your boyfriend. Just, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Everyone you always know. takes his side, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> part of your trauma. Yeah. So I want to take it back a little. I love to talk to people about, first of all, I don't even know where you grew up. And I want to, I, I guess you knew what you wanted to be, what you said, since you were seven years old. Yes. I grew up in Montclair, New Jersey, which is a suburb of Manhattan, 12 mm -hmm. miles west, uh, for those who want to know. So very northeast, very progressive. Like, you, a lot of people even know what Montclair, New Jersey oh, is, I've, which kind of I didn't know you were from there. Me. My ex-boyfriend was from there. And I'm like, whoa, <gasps> yeah, I've been there a lot. Wait, did he grow up there? Main Street. He, yeah, he grew up in um, what's Glen Ridge, right next to it. But then right his next door. Moved to Montclair. Yeah. 
Oh, I was going to say, like, if he went to Montclair High School and we're the same age, I probably know him. But uh, <laughs> it's a very lovely town. Like, I loved it. I didn't yeah. realize how many entertainment people lived in there at the time. But super easy commute. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a game show host since I was, like, seven years old. I just always knew I wanted to do that. I love it's that. my dream. Yeah. I love that so much. So what did you – did you go to college for entertainment, for acting or – Hosting or journalism? <laughs> like what? So I know you're like, what do you go to school yeah, for? Yeah, that's I, a very I, specific job. I was like, I'm gonna be a movie star. I'm gonna have, you know, I'm gonna host shows. I'm gonna be a movie star. I want to be on the red carpets and I want to have a clothing line. Like I had like ten dreams, you know. Still yeah, do. and here you are with me and Ellen, just shooting the shit. <laughs> when uh, with all uh, those things, you know, your clothing night. line, your yeah. Thank you. Basically, exactly. I saw the movie Selena, and I was like, I could, I could, yeah. <laughs> except the murder. No murder yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, Outside yeah. of the murder, we're good. But if you do get murdered, I'm going to cover it on my true crime podcast, and Perfect. then I can really, really, you know, immerse myself in the case. Um, I forget your question. Oh, I went to school. I went to school for. I got a bachelor's of science degree in like psychology with a concentration cool. in neuroscience. Wow. Yeah. Where did you go so to school? Then, I went to school at Lafayette College, which is a small private liberal arts school in Eastern Pennsylvania, smaller than my high school. Oh, wow. There was no media studies, actually, when I was there. I think okay. now you can major in it. I graduated in 2010, so 10 years kind of changes things. Social media changes things. So I think you can do that now. But yeah, that's what I kind of did. And I had my own radio show Sick. in college called Harpin Carpin because my last name is Carp. And I would just like riff and give music. And that's, that was kind of my only foray into entertainment outside of internships that I had at Lafayette. Oh my God. That's cool. Did you have any jobs in high school or when you were a teenager? In high school, I was a waitress at my, at local restaurants. I worked in an Italian restaurant called Leone's. And then I worked at this like bar pub restaurant called Park West. But my family, uh, we have a family of entrepreneurs and my like great, great grandfather started uh, this ski shop called Princeton Ski Shops. And so it was a family run business. It's no longer, but we have about six stores. And my first kind of real job uh, in high school when I was very young was was working retail and working the stores like for my family. But my first like outside of family comfort zone was being a waitress. And then I worked at American Apparel. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Which Too was cool mm. for Abercrombie. You went to American Apparel. Well, when you're like, I was studying abroad in Australia and I needed money at the time. Sure. And, you know, I was like 20. So I felt a little too old to be going to the A&F and American Apparel was like, it. super cool mm-hmm. in 2009 and it was one of the hardest retail jobs I've ever had in my entire really? life you worked oh at it in Australia God. no right before I left for like oh. eight weeks during the holiday needed money to go to Australia yeah. and they were the only kind of company that would hire me for a shorter period of time mm-hmm. it was every night you'd have to separate the hangers by the width of your finger. Every <laughs> hanger in the store had to be separated by the width of your finger. Did you just Every- crush when someone comes in and they're like, like moves all of them with like their hands? Like dead. <laughs> like dead. I hated it. And I have like OCD and anxiety. I'm a neat freak. So you'd think this would be perfect for me. But at the end of a retail job, all you want to do is – I understand neatening up, but all you want to do is like go the fuck home and having to do this every night. So it took us like two hours to close the store every night. It oh, was no. a nightmare, but it was fun in its own way because we were all young and kind of all going through the same stuff, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, did yeah. you have friends who worked there? Did, was it like a cool group? I feel like everyone yeah. was cool at American Apparel. Everyone was cool. Everyone was hip. Um, that was actually kind of my first – Like a girl, I was just kind of coming out and like figuring out that I was gay and I had a girlfriend kind of, but went to a small school. So like options were limited. And I remember this was worker at American Apparel, um, a coworker of mine, like 
flirted with me a lot. And I was just like blown away by that because I, I figured like at Lafayette, like, okay, I'm one of four gay women who are out. So like, I look great maybe compared to the other three, but in the real world, how would this play out? And then I would just remember thinking like, oh, she like, she's flirting with me. Like maybe I, maybe I could be good at flirting with women. Maybe Aww. I could be good at like being gay and, you know, at 20, you're not really thinking about it you yeah. know, too much past that. But I just remember that being like a really pivotal time in my life, even though the hanging and the fucking finger spacing was annoying as shit. That's tough. Did you think yeah. back then, like, one day this stuff's all going to be, like, vintage, worth so much, American Apparel's going to crumble. I thought it was going to go forever. I'm like, I, I am still shocked it's not around because, to be <laughs> fair, like, the owner of the company was in, like, a lot of weird stuff. Like, I had heard horrible things about him, yeah. but it had never come to me. Like, I was so bottom of the totem pole that it never – I wasn't upper management, so I never had a problem with it. So I remember thinking something was sussy in yeah. that way. But to be honest, like, it's kind of hard to find a place now that you can get any single color, color like, V-neck T-shirt. Absolutely. Right? It's kind of hard to find. It's kind of hard to find. Leggings so. in every right. color. In neon, you know, magenta. Like, yeah. you just can't find that anymore. So I do think it had a really solid place. I do miss that store. You want to laugh? You know what you made me think of? when I, I remember when I was, like, fresh out of college, I went to visit my friend – Bill in LA there's photos of this and uh, it was in October and he was like I'm gonna have like we're going to a Halloween party and I didn't like know when I got there and I was like oh no I don't have a costume or anything and in my back it was a very you know I was really into American Apparel and I like put on every piece that I owned <laughs> and like I had like headband and I had like the sweatshirt and the tank top this is an American Apparel tank top I had the tank top I had everything and it was like and I layered it all and I went as an American apparel mannequin. Because <laughs> I was like, those mannequins had so many layers that I was like, I think I nailed the costume. <laughs> You're like, it is true. I am that. You could have been like a sample rack at American apparel. I'm a sample sale of yeah. American apparel. I had the shiny yeah. leggings. I had the whole, uh, the whole look. They were... It was a great store. I'm not going to lie. It was. I remember going to American Apparel like the day before Halloween once because I was like, oh, I need like a fucking yellow shirt for this costume. And the line was like insanely long. It was like. Oh, yeah. It was so cool back then. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. It was awesome. In the mall, it was like awesome. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Did you get a good discount? I seem to remember because you had to wear American Apparel head to toe not your sneakers but you had to wear head to toe and yeah. so it's like you're not really getting paid I do remember having to go so I worked in Jersey at the mall in Garden State Plaza but I had to go into Manhattan to interview and the interview process was like kind of hard I remember like I had maybe three interviews Whoa. to like sell clothes like I, not that you know like they good were like, on you what but it's like music do you listen to do you right. smoke cigarettes <laughs> what do you look like naked and like are, do you look hot in our shit you know yeah. like I mean I think that was it I was just like what more do you need for me I'm smart I'm personable that's it that's you know and, but yeah I just remember the interview process being difficult mm-hmm all right, so you go to Australia, you came back, and then right out of college, did you do that page program? Was that like... Yeah, I, I got into the page program because um, it was rolling back then. You could essentially yeah. get in and then, you know, let it kind of happen. I got in my first semester of my senior year. Oh, so my whoa. second semester senior year was like amazing. That's cool. <laughs> I think I took two classes. 
I think I took public speaking, which as you can imagine, I failed, obviously. <laughs> it was just like, I'm just not good at that. I hate wow. that stuff. Yeah. And then like a, a neuro class or something. And I just had like the best schedule when all my friends were kind of figuring out what they wanted to do. And I was like, ha, ha, I got my dream job because that was all I wanted to be was a page That's outside amazing. of college. I like, didn't do anything applied else. applied and didn't get in, but I also didn't apply for like years after, like three years after college because, you know, I moved I mean, with the acting bug. But then I was like, wait. <laughs> this it's, cool. it, it's 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 did you apply in the east coast or the west coast east coast okay yeah i mean i actually went to i was a page with a woman who was probably six years older than me and had already won an emmy if you wow. can believe that so there was all different types of pages but now i, I feel worse it. No. <laughs> yeah i mean they really only take really good looking successful people so that sorry. they believe yeah. will do something with their life and you know Take that for what you will. That's it. You know, take Maybe that for I what you will. Maybe I apply now. And they're like, how yeah. is this person? <laughs> they just delete. You're like, Anna, please stop stalking us. Like, every day you've been calling, girl. Like, let it go. You're in your, you're in your 30s. They're going to be like, it's her 17th year applying. Just let her in already. And she's... In- She's still 26. I don't know how this can still be, but she's still 26. (laughs) I love it. So did you meet Andy doing the page program or was that after the fact? Yeah, so it it actually happened oddly because I was a I was a page and basically, you know, you go on different assignments and whatever. And I was I was very close with my page bosses at the time and I they knew what I wanted to do and they were just like we don't really have anything that's like directly in the hosting sphere. You know, I was in sci-fi marketing. I worked at SNL and then I worked at like MSNBC Tech Ops. And so the job came out to be the coordinator, to Mm -hmm. a production development coordinator, to the EVP of production and development at the time of original programming at Bravo, a guy named Andy Cohen. Mm -hmm. And they presented it to me and I was about eight and a half months into my page gym and they were like, do you want? And I was like, no. And I was like, absolutely not. And they were like, what? Like this guy, like he's got a show one night a week on air. Like he's got a good personality. It's a variety show. You should do it. And I was like, I don't want to be an assistant. And I don't know who this person is. Oh my God. I love you. Like <laughs> literally shit on it. And then they brought me in a week later. They were like, you got nothing else going on, Darren. Like you're going to graduate from this fucking program in three months. Like just apply and see, you might not get it, but just see, like, it's a really coveted job. Like, everyone's applying for it, and we just see you in it. And I was like, ugh, fine, okay. <laughs> and I had four rounds of interviews, two with HR, one with his previous assistant, and then him. Uh-huh. And by the time I was done with HR, I knew that I wanted it because okay. they just, like, hyped it up, you know? And I met with him. You're going to love me for this. Met with him. And uh, about three-minute interview, literally three minutes, he sits me down, and he goes – What's your favorite Bravo show? What's your least favorite Bravo show and why? Now, keep in mind, I had never watched Bravo. No. And I had to say Watch What Happens Live to myself like a hundred times because I knew I was going to fuck up the title because I'd never watched it. And so I was like – and but I knew about it. I had researched the brand or whatever. And I was like, my least favorite show on Bravo was The Housewives. Said no. this to him. Said this to him. Said this to him in my interview. I go, I hate the housewives. He goes, what? Like, like literally just what the fuck are you saying to me? And I was like, you know, I can't relate to them. They're too bitchy. They're too rich. And I don't find anything relatable about them. <laughs> and he's like, okay, what's your favorite show on Bravo? And I said, inside the actor's studio, <laughs> hold, hold, hold your laugh. 
and Millionaire Matchmaker. And oh he was like, God. why Millionaire Matchmaker? And I was like, well, it teaches me what to do on dates with women. Because I wanted to slip in that I was gay. Because I was like, you're gay, I'm gay, we are gay together. You know, like, let's relate. Sure. You know, I'm just trying to give up, like, it's like when you say your sorority to see if that person was in your sorority. Being like, mm-hmm. see, we we were the same person. Yeah. So I was so like, I, oh, like, teach me. speaking to- Hebrew to be like, are you Jewish? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm Jewish, so <laughs> we are chosen. Um, don't speak Hebrew to me, but I am Jewish. And, and uh, he was like all right. Like he didn't have any idea what the hell to do with my interview. And then he saw that I had done these, we had these things at Lafayette called externships, which were like a week long internship at something close by. And he worked at PBS and they let me do these like fake stock reports to try and help my hosting thing. And he goes, do a stock report for me right now. And I go, give me a stock. He goes, Bausch and Loam. And I stood up and I riffed for 30 seconds about a fucking stock. And I was like, the Dow Jones is up six and a half points today, which is pretty unfortunate for those Bausch and Loam holders and blah. Riffed. No idea what the hell I was talking <gasps> about. I made him laugh. I left the interview being like, no chance in <sighs> hell am I getting this job. And then six days later, he hired me. And later on, I asked him, I was like, why yeah. would you take me? And he was like, you were really honest and you made me laugh. And you were the only interview that ever Aww, made me laugh. That's so cool. And I was like, and he's like, I saw something in you. He's like, I saw a lot of myself in you. And, you know, I think a lot of that, to our point even originally about just like, it's going to be our time. Like, it's where preparation meets opportunity. Like, you're, we're in the position right now to say yes to everything because we don't know what's going to happen down the line. Mm -hmm. And that was really what it was. It was like, all I can do is be myself and be perfectly honest in this situation and just hope for the best. And that's really what it worked out to be. So it was a good life lesson to always be myself. I love it. It's amazing. And and we say that also, we've had a lot of conversations about like resume versus like your personality because- I feel like it, no matter what the job is, whatever field you're in out there, people want to enjoy working with you. They want to have a good time with you. You know, he knew this person is someone I'm going to have to travel with. They're going to have to like represent me on, you know, and and be the, the spokesperson on my, on my behalf. You want to enjoy this person's company and their personality. Not what the fuck you got on your GPA in college. Who gives a shit? It's really well, just be yourself and be likable. Like Right. And maybe to an extent it helped me because he's like, you're not going to flip out every time Ramona Singer SJPs walks walks through the door. Like you're going to be a normal human being who's going to represent me. But even like with he's all more of like, that. Can you just like tone down the hatred when Ramona walks yeah. through the door? Can you just like Ugh. keep his poker face? Yeah. But even to your point, like about hosting and how frustrating we get, like, you know, it doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have or how many people think that you're interesting. Like at the end of the day, like, can you do this job? Can you host? Can you have a normal conversation where I want to hang out with you? And I always tell specifically younger people, I do feel like 75 to 85% of this industry is shaking people's hands firmly, looking them in the eye and showing up and having a good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't think it's like any, there's skill. Yes. But like, most of it is just being a really fun, good, honest, hardworking person to be around. It, yeah. it is attitude. A lot of it is attitude. Yeah. That's why I love Darren. I'm like, I want to work with you. We, you're fun. <laughs> you're great. <laughs> That's how I feel about you. That's why you said, will you come on my podcast? I was like, yes, absolutely. Aww. No problem. I love you. Yeah, you're awesome. And I'm related to a serial killer, so you know she loves me even more. <laughs> that I know. That I know. And Ellen is still on the call despite her serial killer qualities. But yeah. what can we do? You know, I haven't we'll killed anyone today. I haven't killed anyone okay. today. 
That makes one of us. That's okay. good. Yeah. No so worries. I yeah. gotta ask. Okay, so you get this job with Andy. You didn't like the housewives. You knew though going into it that he created the housewives. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You just oh, yes. wanted to like fully be like, I don't like. That. Like, were you like, I'm gonna make him change the face of the housewives? <laughs> like, did no? I I I think I just wanted to be like objectively myself and like I think every person probably went into that stupid interview when he asked that question to be like my favorite show is watch what happens live like I'm pretty sure every person probably would say that and considering the fact that I didn't do any of that and kind of did the opposite to your point about HQ you just want someone to create their own freaking show and be their own selves like I knew I was going to be completely different than all the rest of the interviews because I wasn't saying those generic mm-hmm. answers that people want you know like my greatest weakness happens to be my strength like <laughs> I wasn't going to do that I was really like no my greatest weakness is probably like I'm loud and obnoxious sometimes and I can't modulate my voice you know like yeah. I'm going to be perfectly honest because you want that person it's like going on a date who you find is like eight inches shorter than they say mm. or you know, looks differently. It's like, what are you going to do mm-hmm. when that date shows up and you look different? So you know, true. like, right. So uh, how do you feel about Housewives weird. now? I'm uh, love, obsessed, <laughs> I was say. literally obsessed. And I text Andy and I will be like, he just did the Real Housewives of Dubai reunion. I don't know if you're watching Dubai right now, but I have a huge crush on this woman who looks just like my girlfriend named Nina Ali. And he'll be like, I'll be like, oh my God, text me pictures. How hot does Nina look? Send me pics. And he'll like send me pics of everything. And so I've gotten the gossip over time. I mean, it, it used to be when I wanted to do that. And he was like, you don't care at all. And I'd be like, you're right, I don't. And then I started to really, I mean, I'm into all reality and I started to really appreciate them yeah. for what they bring and who they are. And I can sort of into intellectualize it. So yes, big fan, watch all of them. Huge respect to How all of them. How do you watch all of them? Can I say something? It's uh, when I watch it I enjoy it, but I have n- it's an overwhelming. How do I start if I wanted to become a housewives? It's scary. I don't like to go back and watch old TV and people are like, "Oh, then just watch this season." Just and I've started other seasons, but it's really hard if you don't start at the beginning. Oh, it's really hard, especially because now we're in like 18 seasons of like it's one so of them, much. you know. That's why usually if – I know you have watched it before, but let's say you had never seen Housewives, mm-hmm. for example, and you were like, where do I start? I'd be like, start with Salt Lake City because Salt Lake City only has two seasons. Mm-hmm. They're amazing seasons. It's palatable. You can kind of understand what Housewives brings. And then if you're interested in other cities, like, you know, go back, watch it, this, that, and the other thing. I, I do think sometimes it's important for a context – to watch the early episodes, considering you flash back. But, like, I don't think you need to watch the first three seasons of Potomac to understand why the fifth season of Potomac was the best season of Housewives I've ever seen. Wow. Like, I think I think that you can start at four. I think you could start the season before. I need, like, I just your like list context. of, like, okay, Potomac season five, you know, Salt Lake City season two. I give like, that to you. I need that, no like, the... Cheat sheet or whatever. Yeah, the spark notes of Housewives. <laughs> I need yeah. that. <laughs> and I watch, I watch all of them. I mean, you know, when I was when I do People TV's reality check, I have to watch a lot of different okay. reality. It's not just Bravo. So it's all Housewives. My girlfriend's a showrunner of Below Deck Mediterranean and Below Deck Down Under. So I could not not yeah. watch that, obviously. So when I started dating her, I binged all of that. And then outside of Bravo, I mean, I'm a huge Big Brother fan. I'm a huge Challenge fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Love Island fan. So like... I put it as part of my work day, as yeah. part of something that I can report on and I need to know. But, like, yeah, it is kind of hard when you're like, oh, my God, there's another Housewives out there. Like, I know. I have no free time because I'm watching Housewives. 
right? which should be free time, but it's not. The yeah. Love Island, that's also intimidating. I watched the U.S. season, but the, the there's so many episodes of the Love Island UK. I'm like – There's 50, 55, you, I think. Yeah, what? <laughs> because it's, it's that – the UK, which is arguably a better version, I think, than the U.S., just because they handle like PDA a little bit differently – and what's weird about the UK version, I don't know if you felt this, I can't understand them. They're speaking English, but <laughs> I can't went, understand we, them. We listen with subtitles. Right. Because with all, oh, so fit, and you're grafting. And I'm like, yeah. what did he just say? In I'm it. Like, I'm going to In go. it. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I what? And like, granted, I'm from Jersey. I probably have the worst accent out there. But like, I, 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 I think people can understand me. And it's, <laughs> but yeah, that's 10 weeks. Whereas the Love Island in the United States, I think is only four weeks. So yeah. it's a little bit more palatable with like 20 plus episodes, yeah. not 50. Although yeah. everyone's like, mm, UK is better though. And I'm like, of course it is. Of course the 50 episode one is better, whatever. Do you watch Bachelor what- Bachelorette too? Yep. And Bachelor in Paradise. Absolutely. Yeah. Big, 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 big fan. Bachelor in Paradise is like... The best. The best. Yeah. The best. I'm not it's, sure how I feel yet about this season of Bachelorette. Uh, uh, you know, I it, I want to I want to support it because I always watch, but I'm like I'm getting I'm bored a little. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and it also goes back to even what I was saying about like women always compete with each other. It's mm-hmm. like they're really really hammering down that trope. Like we've yeah. never seen two guys. There's already been like. Brit and Caitlin had to kind of compete for men, and now yep. we're doing this with other women. It's like, why are we? Why doing are we that? pitting them like, against each other? Yeah, they give them their own seasons. Give have one, and then you know the next time the Bachelorette comes up, give it to the other girl you want to be it. It's so stupid, right? Or like split it down the middle. I don't know, but like, why aren't we having men also compete against other men? It, yeah, you know. And obviously, I get bored a little bit with like, all right, all the guys got to take their shirts off and play football and be in a boxing match, and like all the women are going to do a beauty contest in their bathing suits so it's like I always tell people that it's so heteronormative I like (laughs) I like can't take it it's like yeah because I feel like the majority of the people who watch the bouts are like the middle of the country and like you know yes this is this is the the Christian you know I don't know demographic and this is what they want they're like oh boys and straight men in underwear like wow yeah and then you get the coastal people like us watching it ironically yeah you know, for the irony of it all. And they're not tapping into those fan bases who were equally as passionate about it, but just not buying it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And dare yeah. I say, probably have more followers. Yeah. <laughs> to post Which as we know about it. is important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you have any crazy stories that ever happened to you while you've worked with Andy? I imagine like you've been on, uh, I mean, I, we've seen some of the stuff televised, but you've been there for some of these big, huge reunion shows or moments that have happened on the shows. I'm curious if there's any, like, story that stands out to you that oh, you're God. able to say, you know, without breaking any NDAs. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because, like, Andy's always like, I can't believe I never made you sign an NDA. And I'm like, nope, I can say whatever I want. Like, he's never made me sign it. I mean, obviously Darren's there's been – going to come out and Andy's going to be like, I think our time has come to it finally. <laughs> yes, it. like – I will say, um, I remember like a funny story of, uh, Candy Burris, who's on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She has a sex toy line that's still out wildly successful. And I think years ago, like when I first started, like two years in, she sent Andy like (laughs) 10 really expensive vibrators in the mail (laughs) and I open his mail. Right. And so I'm like, Hey, (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, you got these vibrators and he was like, oh God, he's like, 
do you want them? <laughs> and I was like, actually, I will give them to my friends. And one of my really good friends I went to college with, and she was a lesbian, and she was always saying how she never had an orgasm. Like, she just could never <laughs> orgasm. It was a really big problem. And so afterwards, I was like, listen, I got this really expensive vibrator. <laughs> do you want it? And she was like, okay, sure. Week later, she calls me and she goes, oh my God, I orgasm for the first time. And I was like, are you telling me that Andy Cohen like gave you your first <laughs> orgasm? She's like, sad to say, but it's true. And I was like, oh my God, like what is my life? Like, where am I? What is going She's down? She's like, I'm not uh, gay anymore either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I named it Andy Cohen. And it's just like, I, I, I love that. It was, it was so funny. You know, I've had so many, so many sure. incredible interactions have met so many incredible people. I remember when he was hosting the CFDA awards, I want to say in 2013 or 2014, which is, you know, fashion people are really like snarky and serious and too cool to hang out. Like it's just not TV people that are goofy. So yeah. I remember being really like on my best behavior and he was hosting it and I was his plus one and I went and he introduced me to like Oscar de la Renta and Calvin Klein cool. and, you know, Ralph Lauren and all these people. And then, you know, he introduced me to Hillary Clinton and she's walking down the line and she's like meeting people. I've met two first ladies with him. Oh my God. Down the line. I met Michelle Obama too. And she's like walking down the line and, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, hi, nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. And I like forget to say my name. So I was like, hi, how are you? I'm Andy Cohen's assistant. And she goes, but what is your name? And I remember that as just being like, you know what? Yeah, like I'm not what I do. I am Darren Karp, yep. who happens to be Andy Cohen's assistant. But my name is not under his. My name is my own. You know, like even though I work for him, it was a really good lesson of just being like, I'm going to introduce myself now as Darren Karp, Andy mm -hmm. Cohen's assistant, not Andy Cohen's assistant, Darren Karp. Yeah. And her saying that, you know, this was a few years, obviously, before she ran for president, before we had Trump. So you didn't really realize her, you know, uh, and it was like really amazing. And I just remember that being such a pivotal moment of me being like, That's yeah, so cool. I'm, I'm, my name, like my name is important, especially for a woman. It's really important. So I've done I love that bunch she asked cool you things. too. She was like, yeah, but who are you? Yeah. But she's like, like, but what's your name? Who cares about Andy? But what's your name? Because how many years that, was she, you know? The first lady of Bill's wife. Bill's wife, Bill Clinton's wife. Yeah, you know, and yeah. now it's like, oh right, <laughs> she is married like, to Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what a good yeah. Like Bill Clinton is fucking her husband, yep. you know. And so it was a really interesting, really interesting lesson for me that mm -hmm. I kind of learned. Uh, that was a really fun story. I've got a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stalker stories there. I've had to call. I've had someone DM me, tweeting me, burning Andy's first book, leaving me voicemails with like oh, God. weird murdery things that he was like standing outside stalking him. And <gasps> we had to call NBC security. They had to usher me out of the building one time because I was kind of scared for me. That's wild. And like when the, you know, we all, everybody who is anybody in this industry gets, you know, the hate and the lashback and stuff, but that it trickles down into you. Like, and you're like, yeah. I'm Darren it's crazy. Karp. I'm not Andy's assistant. I'm Darren Karp on Instagram. Stop. <laughs> Stalk me in my own right, <laughs> not because of my boss. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like there's been there's been a number of stories, Ugh. obviously, of, of random people. I remember the first time I got to meet Ramona Singer in person, who always gives me a hard time for just my style and this and that. And what? we were I went to this. I what went to this. Like, you dress amazing. I'm always like DMing Darren on Instagram. I'm like, damn, you got that Gucci like Adidas. Yeah, you're like those like, sneaks are dope. And I'm like, yeah, Anna, thank you. I'm like, like I gotta make more money. I gotta become Darren Carver. I gotta fucking get that Adidas you know, sweatsuit. Oh my god, Ramona doesn't love. <laughs> 
a tomboy look, I think, as we all know. And I used to do this series for Bravo TV called Cease and Assist, where I would assist other Bravo liberties and I, I would go it. to their house for the day. Um, but the first time I met Ramona, she does not remember this, I went to the Roni reunion years and years and years ago. And the reunion was like on this pedestal, like three steps up. Okay. And Andy was there. And I hold his phone sometimes during the reunion so he doesn't play with it. And so I was holding it at this one time, like just off. So it wasn't ringing. It wasn't buzzing. And during the break, Andy was like, hey, Darren, can you bring me my phone? So I'm like walking over, blah, 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 blah. And I'm about to step up on the three steps. And Ramona's coming down. So my hands are like this, walking up. And she takes my hand and she goes like this for me to take her hand to escort her down the steps. What? <laughs> like, no introduction. Just... I'm, like, walking like that. I was just, like, going, like, do-do-do, do-do-do, doing my job. <laughs> and then she holds her hand out like this, and I grab it to, like, help her down the steps. Oh, my God. And I was I like, it. what a good housewives moment. Like, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was not, like, an insult to me. I was like, oh, I've been, like, rejected and, like, That's you know, so I'm funny. a peasant compared to this woman. I love it. That's so. really funny. Yeah, and she probably, I'm sure, has no recollection if you told her Absolutely that. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. <laughs> no, of course not. She'd be like, "What? What are you talking about? I don't even care who you are, Darren." And I'd be like, "That's also a fair point. Thank you so much, Ramona. That's a fair point." Oh my god. Can I yeah. ask you something? Because I feel like at your time at Bravo, you've pitched and gotten to do all of these different little, like you said, the what was it, cease and assist, cease and assist. Yeah, yeah, all these cool little like digital shows and stuff. Because over the years, obviously, like you know, having a YouTube, you know, web series was really cool. How did you go from like? I feel like a lot of people who are assistants are scared to be like, hey, can I yeah. can I have a chance at doing a show for me? How did you go about doing that? Or were you just like tight enough with Andy to Well, first off, I'll it? say in general, and I'm sure you all both have felt this way, maybe not, but like it's really hard to advocate for yourself in general. I sure. think it's really hard to like ask for what you want in a job situation in general because you're always worried, you know, that they're going to find you to be needy or insulting or taking advantage. So mm-hmm. I remember saying to myself when I started with Andy, even though we knew what I wanted to do, I was going to spend three years and just focus on being his assistant. I wasn't going to really do anything outside of that. Uh, three years felt right. Mm-hmm. And then once that hit, he used to do this thing called Andy Mail, where I'd take a flip cam. Uh, those aren't even around anymore. But if you remember a flip cam, and I'd film him at his desk, and he had this email address that we set up. And, you know, you could write in and be like, What's your favorite type of soda? Whatever. You yeah. know, what did, why did Candy do this on The Housewives? And he would, I'd film him for like 10 minutes and he would answer some questions and like that would be it. And we kind of upload it to bravotv.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, listen, I want to be on air and I want to practice and I don't want to take up your time. What if I take this over? I ask you the questions from the fans. All you have to do is the same amount of time. I'll make a little set. We can film it and put it up there so I can interview. And he was like, no problem. So that's how I started to do Ask Andy. And Mm -hmm. that was sort of my foray into digital because I knew, A, it was never going to affect my assistanting with him. And I did feel comfortable enough in the sense of like, he knew what I wanted to do. I had spent three years dedicating this to him. So he knew I was loyal. Yeah. And I also didn't, it didn't take away anything from him. Didn't Mm -hmm. take away my time. It didn't really take anything away from that he was already doing. So I could kind of advocate for myself while also saying, this is really a Mm win-win and it doesn't take anything away from you. It was kind of an easy sell, I think, in that point. But it is hard. Very smart, though. You you really, you found a good balance there. You're you're good at that. I tried. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, But I was lucky that he let me do it, though, of course. Like, I was lucky to have a boss that was, like, willing to support my career as well. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think like, you know, what was the worst that could happen? He says, no, and you still have your job and your relationship and you'll still create in your own way. You know, it might not be there, but like that's, yeah, I always, yeah. It's, and it's I always knew, and I always, like my dad always used this metaphor when I was a kid of like, you know, if they need a French horn player and you play the French horn, like you're always going to be wanted. You're always going to have job security. And it was one of those things where it's like, the thing that you always want to do in your job is make sure that your boss almost can't live without you. And because I was so loyal and good at my job, I think Andy didn't want to lose me mm -hmm. to go on to other things. So instead of kind of saying like, no, you have to be with me, it's like, well, no, I want you to expand your career with me yeah. so that way I can continue having you that I trust while also you feeling like you're getting a lot more out of this and just being the same boring Andy Cohen's assistant when you're 22. And that's really proven to be the case. That's why I've stayed with him for so long mm -hmm. is because he does nurture all of that stuff very well for me. Mm -hmm. And also you were yourself. You didn't go in saying, I've right. always wanted to be a celebrity assistant. Like some people probably did in their, you know, interviews or whatever. Like I was saying, it made me think when I interviewed at my venture capital firm that I worked at, I wasn't ever an assistant or beforehand. I told them I wanted to do comedy. I told them I had other dreams. I was like, you know, and, and but they liked my dog. They liked my accessories. They were like, she's very honest. She can get us a reservation at a restaurant. Like, okay. And so I was just totally myself. I didn't make anything up. I didn't lie. And there have been auditions or, or interviews where I have definitely like tried to be like, this is what they want to hear, right? This is, I got yeah. to say what they want to hear. And then you never get those. No one, no one ever like brings you on because you're saying the right things to them. But it's, I, I just, I really, I respect him so much for, for seeing you and your talent and being like, yeah, let's, let's let her do some series and stuff. Like she's going to be great on TV and. I don't know. It's it's very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really lucky and really privileged. And, and, and you know, when you tell people what they want to hear, it's not memorable. I'm the only person that ever tell Andy Cohen to his fucking face that they hated the housewives. I can almost go on record by saying officially. <laughs> like, someone that he knows who was trying to impress him, I think I'm the only person to have ever said that to him in his life. And he remembered it, you wow. know? And, like, he's not going to remember the other people. He's going to remember that little lesbian Darren Carp. <laughs> <laughs> shitting on my career like he's gonna remember that you know I also love that you were like let me insert that I'm gay through millionaire matchmaker which never had any gay people on nope. that show <laughs> no no not at all it was like the most hetero show it was probably more hetero than the freaking bachelor because at least sometimes they have bi girls on there like yeah I don't think they had any any gayness I would have walked in and been like top chef yeah. <laughs> Watch what happens live and Top Chef. Yeah, everyone probably would have done that, I'm sure. <gasps> I, I did love Top Chef. I, I forgot Top Me Chef too. was Bravo because Bravo's become such a brand outside of Top Chef. Like I loved Work of Art. Do you remember Work of Art? Vaguely. SJP show. It was on two seasons. I want to say it was like 2010, 2011. So this is years ago. And uh -huh. I loved it. It was a competition show about creating art every week. And I it only lasted two seasons. So clearly I was probably the only one who loved it. But I loved it. I thought it was so good. Do you get to hang with SJP because they're friends? Is that is she? Is she someone you've met many times in your life? Many times. Love her. Nicest, yeah. most humble woman you'll ever freaking meet in your life. Hang with her. I'm not so much, but she is given. <laughs> she's been very gracious. She's given me interviews. She has That's been nothing good. but lovely. She always remembers my name. I've got nothing bad to say about her. Wow. Always remembers my name. Same with Hillary Clinton. She's always going to remember your name too. I like to <laughs> yes. think. I'm going to think that. I'd like to think that, but I don't know. I don't know. She's coming on Watch What Happens Live soon. Maybe I'll reintroduce myself really? to her there. She is. Yeah, she is next month. Oh, you should tell her. You should tell her about that moment. Like, remember me? 
remember that interaction? You no, know, like you some of those fans. That was like a pivotal moment for you. That you I were should. like, you know what? You really gave me the confidence to like not feel like I have to be his, you know, assistant always. That's why I didn't introduce you as Andy's assistant when you came on. So when you're like, Andy, Andy, I'm like, by the way, guys, Darren. It, it, you were taking the Hillary Clinton page. I like I to think, think, you know. You're a feminist. Thank you. You know, you're real, you're real, you're really go-getter woman. I try. Yeah, I tell you what. I yeah. try. I try. <laughs> I try. Um, anything else you want to talk about? With, you've had so many cool experiences. I really admire you and I appreciate you for Thank taking you. an hour to hang with us. Us little, little people, you know. Oh, um, my God. Well, I did it for Ellen. Despite oh. my hatred towards her at the beginning of the episode, I've turned, and now I only support Ellen, and I don't support you. So oh, interesting you. how that really works appreciate out. that. Right. Wow, it's so nice. You're welcome, Ellen. I'm dripping yeah, with yeah. sweat, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, great. I'm asking the damn questions, and she doesn't even respect me. Uh, you know, I will say, people probably can look at me and be like, "Oh my god, I wish I was that," or "I wish I could do that." But like, even if all those things that I've absolutely loved, like every day I feel anxiety, every day I wonder what's coming next, every day it's hard for me to advocate for myself. Like, I don't think it's so easy to look at other people like on Instagram and be like, wow, like how successful are they? Like, yeah. in truth, we're all going through it. And if you're not, you're lying about it, absolutely. I think. I was going to say, and everyone's successful on Instagram. You don't go on Instagram to be like, my stomach hurts. I hate today. Oh, my girlfriend left for six weeks. What I can't afford my rent. Like, That's what Twitter is that. for. Exactly. I literally say Twitter <laughs> is New York and Instagram is LA. Exactly. Because it's That's just like, so true. New York's garbage on the street, TikTok's but it's Mars, You know, you funny. can <laughs> anybody. TikTok is like Midwest or something but like it's a black I, hole for me i just get sucked right in it is i'm not even on tiktok but like new york is a funny city and twitter is funny harsh yeah. and terrible but hilarious and instagram is like pretty and superficial and mm-hmm. like ah and that's like la to me and yeah. you're so right like twitter brings the grit to it I are you think. guys on be real yet do people out there know what be real are people i'm on not be- on it yet but i feel like everyone i know is I know. yeah i i made an account today what? and i don't know what's too to trendy <laughs> it's like this what? app that asks you to post a photo at, at a, a certain random time. time so you have to like be real about what you're posting. Yeah, you're, not, you're not LAifying yourself. You're not filtering. You're not putting on, you know, a lip. But you're, you post to be real. You don't post to Instagram or no, is it you compatible post with to be real, I think. Yeah, Listen, and then you can like share it on other platforms, I think, but yeah, it so people just like post a picture of like their feet or whatever they're I doing do, at yeah, the I'm time. Royceman, so any listeners who want to be my fr- do you have friends on be real? I don't even know how it works. I'm just surprised that we need more reminders to, like, take pictures. I feel like we need less <laughs> reminders to use our phone. Like, do people need reminders to take pictures? I always see this. So that's... Yeah, that's why wow. I haven't done it yet. I'm like, I don't really need this in my life right now. <laughs> Watch. Like, I'm, I'm going to come and talk to you guys in a month. And I'll be like, oh, my God. Be, be real. real. is amazing. Yeah, and I'm going to be like, this is amazing. You're going like, to friend ah. me this week and be like, okay, uh-huh. it's cool. I like it. I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> it seems very be simple. real. We'll see. Um... Well, we'll see. you're a dream. If you're not canceled in the next month, Anna, then it's a successful app. Okay. If you are canceled, then we know the answer to that. <laughs> there we go. Joining. All right. Yeah. I, I am the test, the test baby for Be Real right now. <laughs> it's you hitting your hand, yelling at your boyfriend who's petting the dog. You're like, this is me. <laughs> this is me. I'll be real. Yeah. You're sobbing in every yeah, Be Real. Exactly. <laughs> I had just come back from Elvis. You know, maybe I was still emotional over the movie and I just like smacked my hand and it was the end of my night, you know? Really. 
It'll kill you. That Elvis movie will really kill you. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, you're a dream guest. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope we do I hope get to I, work together. I hope we absolutely get to work together. And I hope that the 100th guest is not nearly as interesting as the 99th guest. Okay? Wow. Yeah. Well, it is Andy Cohen. If you just, you know, just oh. drop it in his calendar. I'll send you the Google link. Uh, you know, the Zoom. You mean Darren Karp's boss, Andy Cohen. Absolutely. That's what Darren you meant Karp's to boss, say, yeah. right? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got Andy it. Got Cohen. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. we don't know. The 100th might just be Ellen and me. We might just do a little, a little... Uh, listener involved, you know, episode. Oh, I love We're not that. sure yet. We're not sure yet. Um, or throw it out to the fans. Or you maybe know, we just have some callers. Happen at ninety nine, and Darren is the final guest. <gasps> to cast. God knows I mean, that's I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, thank this you. Is a great Cookie. episode. Can't get better. Can't get better. I'm being Wonderful real. Advice. Everybody, take yeah. a vacation from Andy to Darren to you. <laughs> Yes. And then give me your vacation time so I can just keep taking them. There you go. That's, that's, that's the role. But no, thank you both so much for having me. This was so fun. And you know, any listener or whatever, if you have any further questions, you can always DM me at Carpe Darren. I am. I was going to just say, where can everybody find you on? Yeah. At, at Carpe Darren, uh, C-A-R-P-E-D-A-R-Y-N. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Darren Carp that exists in the world. So it shouldn't be too hard to find me. It's just one of those names that I have. I, I dated a girl named Evan once and my brother's name is Evan. And when I told Andy that, he was like, you and the lesbian names of the girls that you date. And I was like, I know, I know it's bad. Uh, but yeah, at Carpe Darren for anything that you guys need. And thank you both so much for having me. Thank you. My reaction sigh. I was like, oh, what a great episode. Uh, and we weren't even recording. So let me just, oh, wow. <laughs> what a great recording. It really was. Darren is, I said, as soon as she hangs up, I'm like, what a pro. She is a pro. Like from a host to another, I'm like, she, you know, I feel like I learn from her every time I hang out with, like talk to her, hang out with her. She's so great and has so much charisma and know? so much wisdom. And like, thank God I'm not the only one sitting here on my hands being like, God damn it, another movie star gets to host another game show what the fuck yeah i'm working hard over here she was right with you on that one yeah it is true you know what i think can i say something about the biz right now and for everyone listening there's so much there's so much right everything is so saturated right now like there are some really major series with big actors Mm -hmm. and premises i would love that i don't even know about because there's so much out there that there's no like marketing for some of these series so unless i catch it you know on twitter or something maybe i'll scroll through netflix for a while and be like oh i've never heard of this show like i should watch this show like it's, 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 you know, we're at a point where it's like so overwhelming. So I feel like things will start to narrow down at some point. You know what I mean? Like why spend so much money on a billion shows? Things will narrow down. And I think that's Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely happening uh, with so many shows being canceled and unfortunately people being laid off. But so I think that there was a boom for sure. Like unscripted and shows that are hosted and stuff. I think people are so scared that their show could be one of those like, I've never heard of this show, you know, like even if it's an awesome show, it's just like the saturation out there that I think they feel like they need that super, super huge famous name, spend half their budget on the name, you know, so people will be aware of it. And, you know, just because of that person's, you know, existence. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like my time is coming, Ellen, is what I'm trying. Our time is coming. I wasn't Mm -hmm. lying to Darren. I'm like, I do feel like, you know, yeah, they will say, let's get someone affordable who's like great who 
they'll, they'll try it out again. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, how much longer can those Wheel of Fortune people continue Listen, Pat. Working? Oh, my God. Pat Sajak <laughs> for 100th guest. Oh that would be cool. Oh, my God. You guys, we need to make this happen. So I was saying this before to Ellen. Uh, I'm holding out for the 100th episode. I want it to be someone uh, someone totally out of my league that – not that Darren wasn't. If, we, if Darren is my star, she is a star beyond. But I want to get like a Pat Sajak <laughs> – <laughs> for the 100th episode how from wheel to wheel i mean come on how funny would that be i or vanna white i feel like i vanna white vanna would white. be cool i asked vanna white before she never responded so maybe we need to start messaging her you guys i need the listeners who are still with me to help me i'm gonna start putting out some campaigns on twitter okay and we're gonna have to retweet it and comment and like it and put it out into that you know feed so the algorithm brings it back up so these people see it and then that i think that's how we're gonna get that big famous guest yeah also if there's a guest that yeah i was gonna say if there's a guest you want to hear like let's like dm us let us know let's make this happen let's bring doug benson back (laughs) oh i love doug i'd have doug back any day but we've heard doug's whole story we've heard his story yeah right uh, unfortunately, yeah. this podcast, you know, if you come back, it's like, well, what have you done since then? So, anything new? <laughs> anything uh, how new? was that lockdown period? No? Uh, yeah. Um, no, we got him in the pandemic, so he was in lockdown. But I do have some guests who were on before lockdown that I was like, oh, they could come back. But also, I think it'd be fun to get, you know, someone who I've never met, uh, someone I don't know. Well, I could ask my dentist. Okay. Okay. Doctor Powers. <laughs> Ellen, what the fuck kind of help is that? We can get my dentist. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's probably actually, available. He's a really cool dentist. <laughs> he's like the coolest dentist I've ever had. I thought you were going to be like, we could get like Paula Abdul, maybe. And you're like, how about my dentist? Um, how How is work life for you? You just had a vacation. Tell me, do you feel refreshed? Because Darren said the most important thing is to take a vacation. And I was like, well, Ellen just went to Let England. me just tell you something. I love vacation. I think we need more of it. Um, actually, I work for this company that's sort of European. And everyone there is like on vacation all the time. Yeah. But I work in the U.S. So I have like U.S. vacation time, which is like nothing. So, yeah, I took my week off. And I actually am going on a little vacation this weekend, just upstate. Nice. But, um, you know, I take it where, when I can get it, you know? Yeah. How about, how about you? What have you been up to? I don't know. It's hard to take vacation. I feel like because I do so many random gigs, I don't, I don't ever sign off. Like, I'm like, oh, I can do that gig on vacation. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like, writing and this and that. Like, yeah, it's hard to just, like... I feel like this is an American thing, too, because, like, this yeah. week it got really busy, and me and my coworker are, like, just by chance are taking days off at the same time, and I was like, oh, maybe I should, like, you know, I can work, like, two hours on Friday, like, no big deal, and, and I was like, why am I doing this to yeah. myself? Like, I took the day off. I, I know. I should be able to just do that. I mean, do you know how many times I've, like... I- I don't, you know, I don't want to miss out on opportunities. Like I want to be available and open to it. You never know what, you know, where my career is going to go. So there have been so many times that Jared and I have tried to take a vacation and I'll get a self tape. I'll get an audition 
And, you know, our night of dinner turns into like, let's find a wall. Let's set up a camera. Let's tape that. I have to learn sides. Let's do the tape. And it's just, it's work. It's, it's, and it's, it's a a crapshoot too, because it's like, you know, maybe I'm I'm most likely not going to get, one person will get this job. Will it be me? I hope, but it probably won't. And so you're just kind of like, you got to do it, but it's, it's Yeah. I mean, I guess you really, yeah, you kind of always have to be on. Yeah. Like if I really don't, you know, know I'm going to be like without, I guess if I'm on a boat in the middle of the ocean, I don't know. I'm like, when will I really be without, uh, you know, be unavailable? I don't know. I always yeah. am just like in the mindset that I'm still, I'm still working. So well, that's I hope kind to of be like, rich enough to really sign off, you know? I did like, do like a, a day or two uh, when I was away for a week where I didn't like, I didn't take my phone with me when I went somewhere. Wow. Ellen, yeah. I can't do that. You know, I need to Instagram my entire life. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Instagrammer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just used my boyfriend as a map basically. Wow. So brave. Uh, Thank you. So real. Maybe you should join Be Real. Oh, <laughs> well, I just did actually. <laughs> wow. Look at me. I'm influencing you. Um, well, this was great, and I can't believe we're at 99, so the next time we log on, we will be at a 100th episode. I want to thank everybody, everybody who has listened to this podcast, who has gone with me on this journey. Even if you were fans of the Unemployed show on Facebook Live beforehand, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of nearing uh, nearing an employed phase of my life. I really do feel – I mean, I'm, I'm always a little employed, but I, I feel a shift coming. I, I don't know if that's me because I, like, you know, worship crystals now, but I feel a shift <laughs> coming. So we're going to beef up this 100th episode how, however we can and, uh, and take it from there. How do you feel about that? I think that sounds great. Okay. Okay, cool. Guys, uh, go follow us everywhere. I'm serious. DM us your your guest, you know, requests. I, I really want to get someone fucking awesome for this. So let's do it. Let's make this happen. I need your help. Um, and listen to all 98 other episodes in the meantime. Okay, peace and love. You know where to find us. Bye. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steele, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. 